Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Front Row, and I'm your host, James Whiteside, principal dancer and choreographer with American Ballet Theater and the author of Center Center. Take a seat in the front row as I discuss the creative process and the business of creativity with the world's brightest stars. Laura Kim is a creative director of Oscar de la Renta, alongside Fernando Garcia. The design directors first met at the Premier Fashion Label in 2009 and continue to shape the industry. Kim graduated with a BFA from Pratt in 2004 and had worked at the New York-based house from 2003, eventually serving as design director. In May 2015, the duo launched Monse. Today, the brand is stocked at a number of high-profile boutiques and department stores worldwide, including Bergdorf Goodman, Net-A-Porter, Selfridges, Lane Crawford, and Moda Operandi. Prepare to be charmed by Laura Kim. She and I talk about everything from her favorite Korean restaurant in New York City to the working culture of fashion and the steps needed to start your very own fashion house. If you've ever wondered what to wear, then I think you're going to like this interview with the talented and exceedingly fabulous Laura Kim. Welcome to Front Row, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here today. How are you doing? Very good, and I'm so happy to see you. (laughs) I'm always happy to see you. So just a little backstory here. Laura and I worked together on a St. Germain event uh, where it was like a cultural salon style event in which I was dancing and Laura was uh, speaking and uh, dressing me in a beautiful tutu, essentially, for this event. It was a really good time. And that's where we met, and I'm I'm thrilled we got to meet. Yes, it was really fun to work on the project with you and got to know you, and it was really fun project last summer we did together. It really was a fun project, and a lot of interesting people were there, and it just was a New York moment, I guess. So I'd like to dive right into my questions here. I just find you so fascinating, and I just adore your work. I'm a fan. So as a child, you frequented fabric markets with your grandmother. I'd love to know more about her and her relationship to fashion. So my grandmother from my mom's side, she was my babysitter, basically. And she loved clothing herself. Like She worked in the textile before when she was younger. And her hobby was to create something and that's how we kind of spend our time together. We went to buy fabric, we went to buy magazines, and I would tell her what I like. It was such a like good, fun project we worked on every day, and she would make me stuff I like. I'll tell her something that I imagine, and she'll create it for me. It's like having your own sample room. But she had wow. very strong opinions, so she would tell me if she doesn't like something too. <laughs> what didn't she like? She was very... um. 
like she'll be like Laura I don't think that's a good idea that doesn't look um high quality like she's very opinionated and not in a way we're very similar and I think maybe she raised me that way like who I am today is because how she raised me <laughs> and what's her name and is she still around yeah she um passed away four years ago and she actually like a very difficult Korean name to pronounce <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear it Jongsan. All yep. right, I'm going to leave that one to <laughs> you. <laughs> and I'm sorry she's no longer with us, but I'm I'm thrilled she had she had such a, an impact on you. And yes. uh, what are some of the magazines that you would collect together? You know, at that time in Korea, like um, there were a lot of Japanese fashion magazines, and also her first language was Japanese, so mm. she preferred to get Japanese magazines. Wow. Are some of those magazines still in print? Um, you know, you can actually find them in Japanese antique shops. I've seen them in Tokyo when I went to antique shops. Wow, that's cool. So what is one of the most valuable lessons she taught you about fashion and clothing? You know, she always told me not necessary about work or fashion. She was just telling me, like, you might not be, she wasn't saying I wasn't the brightest, I hope not, but she said, you might not have to be the brightest person in the room, but just make sure like you understand what's going on and what's happening to everyone. And that's something that really helped me manage my team. Like I'm always like, I'm not always listening to the person who's talking, but I'm also watching people listening to this person around them to understand what everyone's thinking because sometimes you know the person who's always talking they're not necessarily listening to other people they're always talking yes i think sometimes the people who speak the most are the people who need to be heard the least yeah (laughs) i think yes i learned to kind of like read the room without listening to that person only yes and i think uh speaking of leading a team to have that sort of perceptive eye is incredibly important to uh, really read the room, which yeah. is incredibly important. Uh, so you grew up in Seoul, correct? Yeah, I was in Seoul till I was nine. And then I moved to Canada when I was nine till 18. And then I moved to New York when I was 18. Okay. Um, so I'm a huge, huge fan of Korean food. And I just, uh, the sort of Korean food junkie in me wants to know your favorite New York City Korean food spots. You know, I love, um, there's a Korean barbecue place called Goat, C-O-T-E. And mm-hmm. It's run by like a friend of mine. And I think it's my favorite Korean restaurant, actually, like almost around the world. Like, it's so good. It's, it's Michelin starred, no? Yeah, I think they got one Michelin star last year. I mean, the beef mm. quality is just so good. And Mm. I think their service is really good. The owner's really fun. <laughs> so that's my favorite place. Okay, well, I'd like you to take me there, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been to Her Name is Han in Midtown? Yeah, so good. I love that one. They have my favorite army stew that I've had. Oh 
my god, you like army stew? I love army <laughs> stew. Oh my gosh, it's so delicious. It's such a comfort food for me. So army stew is this amazing sort of uh, like one pot meal in which it's it's sort of like uh, curly ramen noodles and like bits of hot dog and spam and stuff <laughs> and cheese. It's it's really delicious and it's like a kimchi broth. No, yeah, so it's like everything yeah. in one pot. It's amazing. It's I like recommend. It's like dad's favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a very dad's favorite food type of dish. <laughs> so uh, what do you think growing up in, in Seoul, like did that have an effect on your work ethic or your your eye for, for clothing? You know, like Koreans are known to be very hardworking and super competitive. I was never that competitive, but I also learned... Like, my grandmother actually told me, like, you're only competing with yourself, not with everyone else if you're a creative person. So that kind of kept me out of, like, the competitive world. But I do think the work ethic definitely came from my my Korean heritage. And you ended up going to Pratt Institute in New York City. Why Pratt? So my parents wanted me to go to college in New York because my When my parents met, my dad convinced my mom that they're going to go study in New York together to an art school. And that never happened due to my dad's financial situation. Uh oh. So my mom was kind of like, you owe me this one. The girls are going to go to New York to study art. So it was me and my sister. And my dad wanted us to go to the same school. And my sister's older. So she she got to pick the school. And she studied interior design, and Pratt was uh, probably one of the best interior design school. Mm. But I was very happy to study there with her. I studied fashion, and it was such a good program. I'm glad we ended up in Pratt together. Are you still close with your sister? Yeah, we're still very close. We just went to Italy together like a week ago. Fabulous. Where in Italy? I took her to, it was her birthday trip. First day hmm. present trip. So we went to Florence to look at art because my mom hmm. told us we have to go to museums. <laughs> <laughs> I like your mom. <laughs> I know. She's like, you guys have to like go look at art in Florence. I'm like, okay. So like we're there for like a day, took a bunch of pictures, sent it back to her. And then we went to Tuscany and just drank wine for three days. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a beautiful sisterly bonding trip. Yeah. Then we went to Lake Como after. It was so nice to Mm. go to Italy with her. Were you very inspired by the art and the landscape? Yeah, but like, you know, the wine was more of an inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hear you. (laughs) Did you apply for schools beyond Pratt or was it Pratt only? I only applied to Pratt. Like, it wasn't really like a choice for me because my mom decided the city. My mm. sister decided her school. <laughs> and I'm actually glad. I mean, there were like a lot of other schools now. I know more about fashion schools, but I'm really mm. glad I ended up at Pratt because it was more artistic the way they taught you fashion and not so commercial. Mm-hmm. And that actually helped me because I'm a very commercial person. So it was nice to learn it not necessarily the way I would have liked to learn it. Yeah. 
there was a lot of other strong programs like the fine arts they're super strong architecture is really strong so i had like a very good influence from other departments and you know i i'm curious to know whether or not you knew what type of fashion you wanted to go into was it always women's wear that inspired you yeah it was always women's wear because my initial like interest in fashion is to really dress myself yeah it was always women's wear and i'm not very good at men's wear to be honest with you <laughs> i tried <laughs> <laughs> well you know perhaps that's something you can continue to explore you know <laughs> never say never um you you interned at at other houses other than oscar de la renta you interned at donna karen and tsc cashmere and i'm wondering how you ended up at Oscar de la Renta. So when I started at Oscar, it was like my third year in college and it was smaller company than Donna Karen. And I actually felt that it was more, um, it was almost like a family business. And I mm -hmm. felt more welcome at Oscar studio and himself was such a, like a big, man in the room like he was just so inspiring to be around him and at that time sex in the city was like in its prime and, and mm. um, sarah jessica parker wore that fuchsia dress her russian lover bought for her and that was oscar dress and i was like oh my god this is like the hottest place i have to stay here wow. oh, <laughs> so sex in amazing. the city really did it for me <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, just to tie that in, the dress she wore for the premiere, I believe, of And Just Like That was yeah. Oscar as well. Yeah, so what a legacy um, that you are a part of. And uh, it just must feel incredible to be so creatively intertwined with this beautiful house. And she's so fun to work with. And she's a very, like, intellectual person. So whenever we collaborate, it's not just like, do you want to wear this or that? She's like... I want this. I wanted something like that, like something mm -hmm. like with references. Like she literally brings like a binder of like what she wants to do. It's so incredible. Cute. And she loves clothes and it's such an honor to work with her every time. Yeah. I, I find her to be such a fascinating person. She is a huge patron of the ballet in New York right, city. She's, right. I believe she's on the board perhaps of New York city ballet, which is just so fabulous. I'd love to have her come see something with American Ballet Theater at some point, but I understand to pledge allegiance to one company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after Oscar passed away in 2014, you and your collaborator, Fernando Garcia, left the brand. Am I correct? Yeah. So what drew you to starting your own venture in fashion, which is, we now know, Monse? Yes. Um, you know, at that time, when Oscar was very sick for many years. I mean, he still worked every single day before he passed away. Um, he, at, when he was looking for what would happen after he passed away, like he wasn't offering us the job. So we started looking for another jobs and realized because both of us only worked at Oscar before mm -hmm. that people only see us as an Oscar's kid not necessary as ourselves and we thought maybe before it's too late because like i do think you do have to do 
something when you're a little bit younger as a creative person to kind of identify yourself. Like if before it's too late, let's start our own brand and it's not going to be anything like Oscar. And it's going to be who we are as a creator. So that's how we, one of the biggest reasons we started Monse and we made sure it has nothing to do with Oscar. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, we hmm. would actually, like, call in editors, buyers. Um, when we just had sketches, because we are like, can you guys take a look and tell us, like, what you think? And, like, current Rifle, she told us it still looks like Oscar. It still looks like Vogue. Like, you, you guys have wow. to redo it. So we actually resketched the line like five times. And at the end, thank God, it didn't look like Oscar. That was like <laughs> our biggest mission. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that. It's like you have this platform because of Oscar in a way. And you're just desperate to make your own statement. And I feel very similarly in my own work. It's like I have what I have because of my position at American Ballet Theater. But what do I want to say? It's very important as artists to not bite the hand that feeds you, but uh, figure out how to dress it up in a way that is beautiful. Like what rings do you want to put on the hand that feeds you? You know what I mean? And I actually think it benefits both the brand and myself. Like, yes. at the end, like you don't want a creative director who is like a puppet, you know, like people, want to see someone who has a point of view who can do something else like so i i think the fact that oscar didn't give us the job helped both the brand and us to grow together so you know okay oscar did not give you the job but you know two years after his passing you did get the job so i'm how did that happen and it seems a little strange to me, honestly, that Oscar didn't give you the job, but then he passes, and then you did get the job. So Oscar was almost like, I think he knew we needed to do our own thing a little bit. Like, he didn't say anything, but he's someone who's very intuitive. Hmm. He was always worried that I was not very social with people, and I didn't want to be in public's eye, like, I don't even care for like PR things and stuff like that. So for him, he kind of knew I had a room to grow. Like mm. design wise, I don't think he would have questioned that I could do it or not. So we needed that moment to break out of our shells, be on our own, like face the world ourselves. And he never said anything, but like last time I spoke to him, um, he was like joking about it. He's like, oh, like I heard like you fired someone. Like, I'm like, who did I fire? Like, you know, but he's like, oh, I know what's happening. And, like he almost knew about it. But like he I think wanted us to grow on our on our own terms. Yeah, he pushed you out of the nest. <laughs> and sometimes that's really what a person needs. So speaking of 
of starting your own venture and really just being shoved out of the nest. What are the steps it takes to start your own brand in Monse? Um, so you need a partner, which I had Fernando. Hmm. And then I needed one more partner because Fernando is a creative partner. Um, so we first person we hired was our CEO, who we knew from Oscars. So she was Oscars evening buyer from Neiman Marcus. And mm-hmm. she actually bought the most at that time. So she was our most powerful buyer. And she gave me such a hard time every season that I said to myself, if I'm going to start my own company, and if I need someone to tell me what I have to do, I think she's the right person. So we mm-hmm. approached her. We asked her to come on board and she said no. And then I was like, no, like I really need help. (laughs) (laughs) So she started freelancing. So she'll help me like once a week, twice a week. And she also said like, you guys have no money. You guys shouldn't pay full-time CEO. And she was doing other projects. And two years in, she became like full-time CEO. So I'm so glad she started with us. She's still running the company. Wow. And I think that's your, because uh, if you're a creative person, you need a business partner that can like make sure you don't spend all your money and <laughs> gift everything. Because if it's up to me and Fernando, we'll be just giving out our clothes for free. <laughs> yeah, I think that's incredibly important too to know, um, you know, where your perhaps shortcomings are as far as a business person, uh, and and seeking people who have the power that you perhaps lack or need to learn more about. That's really perceptive of you. I guess the theme of this is perception and <laughs> and understanding what is needed, what needs to be done. Um, so in 2016, you and Fernando were brought back to Oscar de la Renta as co-creative directors. And I'm wondering, was it a hard decision to go back to Oscar de la Renta? You know, it was actually like a relief for me financially because I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, starting your own brand in the beginning, it's... It's hard. Like I mm-hmm. put in all my savings. I borrowed money from my dad. Fernando did that too. So to come back to a salary, like mentally, you just you're relieved. <laughs> oh, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Art is is a tough venture to bust into, and I I really applaud your gumption. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Fernando, I'm so curious. Uh, why collaborate? Why do you think it's important to have a, a partner in crime? You know, he is the absolute opposite of me as a designer. So that was really appealing. And um, also he's very good at things. I'm not good at outside of design. Like he's like a amazing PR person. And he's very into marketing and he loves it. Like I don't think I ever have to ask him to do it. He'll do it hmm. regardless. And I think that's what drew us together because um, I'm more, I'm a designer who's looking at more the business side and he's Mm -hmm. a designer looking more at the press side and you need both for the company to work. And you have known each other for over a decade now, right? Yeah, I think almost like 12, 13 years. And did you always know that you'd be working together on a big, you know, brand like this? So he started as my intern when I was like 26, mm-hmm. 25. 
and he was so hungry to work in fashion like he would do anything like he would stay late and at that time you know that's when interns never got paid and he mm. would he was just so happy to be at the office that i'm like okay i mean like this this works for me you know so we became <laughs> very close we worked together like 12 hours a day in the office i would like to know your thoughts regarding the evolution of of a work day. So you, you're talking about what you did uh, and what Fernando did to achieve a leg up essentially on, you know, other people in your field. And you're saying, you know, he, he was an unpaid intern working 12 hours a day. Do you think that is something that still happens? And how do you feel about that sort of workload? When I was an intern and when Fernando was an intern, and for me that was like in 2002, 2003, we were able to intern for free wherever you want and long hours, like 12 hours, 15 hours a day, weekends. And that kind of gave me an opportunity to be part of a design team and they saw your potential, your drive. And I think that's how I got my job at Oscar. And I don't think it's possible these days, like with all the restrictions. I mean, it's much healthier work environment, but I think Fernando and I definitely benefited from the fact that we could just like hang out and show up and be there and work crazy hours be part of everything. I think there's a certain benefit in being one of the eager ones and even in a ballet company, you can see the ones who are above and beyond the call of duty. And it is a part of their being. It is very much born into them as as much as their hair color. You know what I mean? And uh, it's interesting to see not all of the people with that sort of drive succeed. And and that's really hard to to see. But there are a lot of people like yourself, like Fernando, like myself, who have benefited from the sort of eager beaver mentality. Yeah. Speaking of eagerness and drive, what do you think the most important quality of a person is to work in a career in fashion? I think if you know what you want and you just work towards it, I think that's the most important part and not forget why you're doing it, why you're waking up every morning to do it and you have to love it and, You do have to choose what you want to be and that will give you the drive to wake up every morning and run to work and because you know starting out in design like you don't make that much money but like you're Mm -hmm. still like so happy to go to work because you know where you're going with this. And how did you know what it was you wanted to do? That is such a big question for most people in life. I think I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to be in fashion since I was like three because I loved clothes for myself. But like just moving to New York City from small town in Canada, like you're just so excited to be here. And I never thought I would actually get a job in fashion in New York. So for me, every day was like a miracle. I'm like, oh my God, like I get to see Oscar every day. I get to like touch this like fantastic fabric and this mm. ends up on a TV show. <laughs> it's just so exciting. 
It is. It really is. I think uh, it's a very beautiful thing for a young person to find a passion so young in life. I've benefited from that as well with ballet. And it creates a direction. And and that's rare and beautiful. Yeah. We're both lucky to find what we want so early. Incredibly lucky. And uh, beyond finding what we love, we've made it a career. And that's also really rare and special. And I'm just so grateful. Um, I'd like to know what you're working on currently that you're really excited about at either Monse or Oscar. So Monse, we have a show in September. So we're working on the collection, which I'm mm. super excited about. Um, I wanted to, like, we kind of played it safe during COVID because, it, you know, it's still owned by myself and Fernando. We don't have a huge budget, so we played super safe. But in September, I want to push it a little bit more fashion more fun so i'm excited about that um oscar collection we're working on we read this like beautiful novel which i can't share but (laughs) we all read about this like beautiful history and we're creating a collection out of it so i'm very excited to see how that comes out (laughs) oh fantastic you sound incredibly busy which i would expect um and what do you think is beyond your work at Monse and Oscar de la Renta? What do you want to do that you haven't done yet? You know, one thing I haven't done, which I've always wanted, was like to have kids, have a family. And mm. I think I put that aside because I was so busy with work and work was just so fun. It was going well. So there was no reason to stop. But I do wonder, like, maybe I should start thinking about putting some time, not necessarily just to have kids, but to have a little bit more personal life. Ooh, a work-life balance. I'll have to Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Where can uh, my listeners follow your work on social media? Um, You can follow Oscar de la Renta or Monse, Monse Maison. Or Toki Banban, which is my personal account. <laughs> which is a great account. I recommend everyone follow. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on Front Row. And you are such an inspiration to me. And I love your work so much. And I love your work. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks so much. We'll talk very soon. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast. And if you like it, share it with your friends or on social media. You can follow me on all social platforms by searching James Whiteside. My book, Center Center, a funny, sexy, sad, almost memoir, is available everywhere in all formats. Front Row uses music from the song A-Flat by Black Violin. Check out the show notes on jamesbwhiteside.com for exclusive video and audio from this podcast. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.